Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello, my name's Neil White, and from Backpage, this is Between the Lines, a podcast that tells the stories behind great sport. Our guest this time is Oliver Kay, who spent 19 years with The Times before recently moving to The Athletic this summer, 2019. The Athletic, as I know a lot of you already know, is a US-based website that moved into UK sport and mainly Premier League football this year. I wanted to talk to Oliver about his debut piece for them, which was an interview with Matt Janssen. Matt was 23 years old in 2002. He'd scored in the League Cup final for Blackburn Rovers that season. He was being tracked by some of the biggest clubs in Europe and he was right on the cusp of the England squad for that summer's World Cup but lost out at the last minute. He went to Rome with his new girlfriend instead and on their last evening in the city, the moped they were on was hit by a taxi. Lucy, Matt's girlfriend, now his wife, was knocked off but she escaped with minor injuries. Matt was not so lucky. He was in a coma for six days and though he recovered physically, his journey to understanding the nature of the neurological damage he had sustained was long and painful and included a drawn out and complicated end to his career as an elite footballer. All of this is documented in his new autobiography, What Was, What Is and What Might Have Been, which is out now. Matt did a lot of interviews around the launch of the book, but Oliver did something very different. He took Matt back to Rome for the first time since the accident to revisit the place and the moment where his life made that terrible turn. I started by asking Oliver about that choice. Well, I'd, I'd not long finished um, a book, Forever Young, which, I, which I'd written, and I had it in mind that I wanted to do um, another book at some point. Um, and But I thought I'd... I'd quite fancy doing sort of ghostwriting somebody's autobiography and I actually got in touch with um Matt and said look you've got this amazing story um would you fancy um would you fancy doing an <laughs> uh, uh, an autobiography at some point and he said oh, well um you know I, I, very flattered and all of that but I've 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 already started doing that with um with with John Coleman and uh, you know it was all it was already progressing so um I sort of very much left him to it and wished him um, all the very best of it uh, for it and um and and we did an interview at the time which um you know, touched on some of the things that, that that well a lot of the things that you discussed on the book but obviously the book the book itself goes into um a lot more depth and it and it really is a, an excellent book and, I, and i'm um I'm, you know i'm really pleased for matt but also for um for john coleman who um who I think did a far better job ghostwriting than I would have done. It's it's really really good. It captures his voice perfectly, and it's. Um, I said to the Athletic, um, this book is coming out in in early September. It's around the time that I will I will join you. Would you like me to do um, 
a piece with Matt around it. And Alex Kajelski, who is um, the sports editor at The Athletic, was previously my sports editor at The Times, he's, he's very much one for, you know, let's do things differently. Let's, let's, um, let's do things in a different way. He said the perfect thing would be to, you know, knowing Matt's backstory, he said, you know, the first, perfect thing would be to take him out to Rome <laughs> uh, for the first time since the, the accident back in 2002. And so I put that to Matt and he just said, well, yeah, yeah, that would, that'd be great because he had, um, he, he previously said he would like to do it, um, to, to go back out to Rome and, and, uh, Lucy, his wife had been reluctant, you know, just because it was, uh, it, it brought, but it would bring back so many sort of traumatic memories for her. And after all, all, all they went through after, after that accident, and so he thought, well, <laughs> this is probably, you know, I might not be able to go with my wife, but, but, um, but, uh, yeah, I'll, um, I'll, 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 I'll go with Ollie. So, so we did, and we had a really, really, um, interesting, enjoyable day. And I think it was, uh, I think it was quite cathartic from, from Matt's point of view. And that ended up being the f- sort of first interview piece that I'd done for the athletic and just the experience of walking those streets with him and, and, him reliving the moment um, was was quite amazing, really. Let's kind of break all of that stuff down, sort of step by step, which is what we try to do. Uh, if I can start, if I can start with that idea from from Alex, then, which is a fantastic call. First of all, really imaginative way of looking at things. Now, you've worked with with Alex at the Times in in a similar relationship. Does that piece happen at the Times? Does he have the you know? Does he even have this idea that that maybe you can do it this way at the times, or is it, is that the kind of piece that only gets done when you start thinking a little bit differently, a, a kind of new adventure like the athletic is? Well, I, I mean, I, I did, I did do an interview with Matt two and a half years ago at the times and, and we didn't do it that way then. So, I mean, the, the obvious thing would be to say <laughs> no, but I mean, Alex is somebody who, um, I mean, he always sort of very much thinks outside the box. I, I mean, this, this will sound like, um, you know, just crawling to my boss, but he, he probably won't listen to this. So I always say he, he's, he's so imaginative. He has such sort of flair ideas wise. Um, I mean, I've worked for various sports editors. He's, he's, I don't know how, how much younger than me he is, but he's, he's a lot younger than me and he's so good. He's so brilliant ideas wise. And, um, and it's, it's great working for somebody like that. And it's great to team up with him again at the athletic. Um, so I would I would say well if anybody was going to come up with that idea, it would have been Alex. But um, I think because of the position that we're in at the Athletic, in in what we need to provide needs to be sufficiently different, sufficiently standout Perfect. material. Whereas if you do an interview with the Times or with with with, with the Telegraph, or you know, it, it, it's you're probably appealing to your own existing readership. You're not you're probably not desperate even even in the in the sort of digital world we live in now you're probably not desperately thinking well we need to do this in a better way in order to attract more readers you're probably thinking well we need to give our existing readers a, a, a good product yeah so i mean that might be misrepresenting things from from the times's point of view or the mail's point of view or, or whatever but i think at the, at the athletic we need you know we're very conscious of the need to do things in the best way possible in the way that's going to make the best read possible. And, um, so that leads to probably, 
ideas being debated a lot more and and yep. knocked around a bit more it seems like a more kind of consultative process than i've ever been involved in before the, the cost of the costs of of this trip added up and you know it's it's something that maybe the may, maybe a newspaper would think well you know do we really want to commit that amount of money to to an interview that we could just as easily do over here and i think the athletic are able to think well that might be the cost but we can quantify it in terms of well if this generates this many subscriptions then um and it and it you know it, it um impresses our impresses our readers then then we are able to do that and obviously that you know that that attitude existed a lot with um with the times anyway i, mean, I, I went to um to Sweden in in February to to interview Ravel Morrison for the Times, and that was you know that was quite an expensive venture. Yeah, it does feel like there's more scope at the Athletic, um, and that's not to um, criticise it anybody else, mm-hmm. but it, it just you know it, it feels like a bigger budget operation um, at the moment, and with with more staff and more space on the page, we're not we're not confined in the same way a newspaper would be by ads or by you know the yeah. the, the, the width of a, a newspaper page or, or anything like that and it, it's so there is there is more freedom it's a great creative call and, and i'm really glad that you've had the chance to explain how it was put together and, and to name alex even if he doesn't listen to this um the the pictures is that just you or do you pick up somebody in rome to take the to take the shots uh we, we did uh, we did um a ranger, a photographer who joined us uh, at the hotel where Matt and Lucy stayed in, in, back in 2002, and he took a few pictures there, and he, with it, he took a few pictures at the Spanish Steps, and then, um, and then we sort of walked down and 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 walked around looking for looking for the precise location of um, where the accident happened, and and so. He he stayed he stayed with us for about two hours so yeah that's right. that's an additional cost but um, I then took a you know a, a, another another couple of pictures myself I don't think they <laughs> I don't think Athletic um, deemed them worthy of um, you're not quite up to standard no 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 it's just on a on an on an iPhone but um, it's um, but no I've 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 used them. Um, I used one of those on my social media thing, a nice picture of him at the um, Trophy Fountain. And there's also, I, I managed to, you know, just because the, there was this amazing encounter, which we'll probably um, move on to, but yes. I, I managed to film, I managed to film that while the, while the uh, photographer was taking pictures. So that, um, that little bit of video footage is on the, um, on the athletic uh, website and app. So uh, yeah, I should probably charge them for it. Um, uh, <laughs> performing outside of my contracted uh, remit yeah and definitely add it to your uh, to your linkedin videographer so let's we will get we will get there um but uh, if we follow the breadcrumb trail then you mentioned matt's reaction and lucy who's matt's now matt's wife but at the time of the accident 17 years ago lucy was matt's girlfriend fairly new girlfriend at the time as well and it's understandable that her memories of this accident that happened when Matt was 23, I think, um, is, is very different. As Matt explains it, his memory of, of the trip to Rome is intact up until the, the moments immediately before the accident. He actually has a very good recall of everything that happened even on that, even on that journey. Whereas Lucy, as, as Matt acknowledges in the piece, her, her memories are obviously overtaken by seeing Matt in a terrible condition. 
um, immediately after the the accident, and then the days and days and days of of um, kind of turmoil and and fright that that occurred um, after that. So when you first pitched it to Matt, you said that this is something that he'd actually considered previously. Did he take any persuading at all, or was he like, "I get it, this is a great idea, and I'm, I actually want to do this kind of kind of for me"? Yeah, yeah, he, he was exactly like that, and um, and. Um... And I thought, go, you know, are you sure? Have you have you have you thought about this? Are you definitely, you know, should I actually book flights here and now? Because it was it was only about a week uh, beforehand, and and he said, yeah, 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 book book flights. And um, I thought there was still the possibility. I mean, he, he was doing you know, a lot of publicity around the book, and so on. I, I thought, well, he's got he's got a lot in his diary. He's got he's got probably reasons why he might potentially back out um, near the time. And, and I was a bit apprehensive from that point of view. So I, I in the days before I was sort of saying, look, you, you still okay for it? And he was, yeah, 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 of course, of course. Um, I was you know, saying, do you remember, do you remember where the, um, where it was? Is there any particular location? And he said, uh, you know, he, he was making jokes about, about how on the, um, on the day he'd um, thrown a <laughs> coin into the Trevi fountain for good luck and, 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 and that kind of thing. So he was clearly up for it. And um, so I, I met him at the, um, at the airport that morning, very early that morning, actually, it was a, I think it was a seven o'clock flight or something like that. So uh, I think we met at about five thirty, and he was, um, he was well up for it. Did you have any idea of like what your perfect outcome for this part of the piece was? Because we're going to get on to the fact that you're not just documenting this this day trip that you take with him to to Rome. You know, you you, you broaden it out a little bit, but for this section of the piece, did you have in your head? You know, I wonder if this will happen. I wonder if we can have a you know one big moment while we're in Rome did you have any ideas or was it like let's take him there and see what occurs yeah I I, I hoped that there would be you know this this sort of moment and and I hoped that he would you know I well I imagined that we would be there and at the scene and he would be I'm not saying a, you know I'm saying I'm not saying give me tears give me tears I, I'm just saying that yeah, I what I, I, you know I wanted to witness this sort of cathartic moment for him where he's where he's back at the scene and he's sort of you know yeah. looking around and and you know explaining and documenting that you know, this is where his life changed it, is, it was a brilliant career which had very you know he, he should have gone to the world cup that summer i'm convinced of that he'd, he'd, he'd um he should have done he just missed out but he was he still had a very very bright future ahead of him um with uh, Blackburn and with and with England and I'm sure at some point probably you know maybe even that summer he would have got a, a move to a bigger club and and um, and things would have gone on from there. He was saying you know he was the happiest man in the world that day back in 2002 and and that was where it all changed. So I mean I did I did anticipate that it would be it would be quite a um, a moment. Um, and I didn't. You know, I didn't really know how how he would feel about it. But as long as he was up for it and okay with the idea, then um, then I was you know, willing to see how how it went. And and you do get uh, an incredible moment. So the two of you uh, are looking for the the exact intersection where the accident <laughs> took place. Um, and the way that you write it in the piece is that you're at an intersection, and Matt is saying, "Well, it was kind of like this." But this isn't it. But this isn't it. Can you talk us through that and then everything that happened afterwards? Exactly. He, he was he was basically saying. Um, I mean, we were kind of walking up and down. He knew it was somewhere between the Spanish Steps and 
the hotel Eden where, where they'd stayed. I, th- I think I've got that right. Um, but he was, he was saying, right, well, what it was, it was a street, it kind of went narrow, and there were buildings up around, and there was sort of an ornate decorated building on the right, he thought, and there were parked cars all around the corner, which obscured his view. Um, so on, on, on all four sides of, of this crossroads, and he said it was cobbles, and it was going downhill, and then I was th- I was going across the junction, and the car and the car was coming from you know the cars were coming from the right. So we were looking for this and going around this sort of maze of streets near the Spanish Steps, and and he said it, it you know it doesn't make sense. It, it was like this one. It was just like this, but it was the other way around because you know, it was a one-way system and and the cars were coming from the other side rather than rather than from the right they were coming from the other side so he was he was just thinking well this this just doesn't this just doesn't make sense he, he said at one point look it was like this it looked like this should we um <laughs> do, do you want to just take a picture here and i said well to be honest you know it, it needs to be it needs to be the wrong it doesn't matter you know if we can't find the right jun- junction we'll um you know we'll, we'll try and work out another way of doing something is, is there anywhere else nearby that you know that might and he said oh well i, I know the um I know, I know where this, the place we hired the scooter from. It was just, it was just sort of in the next street. Um, so he said Barberini scooter or scooter hire, I think it was. And and so we we, we went round the corner and walked up there, and it was this, um, you know, it looked it looked like a tiny little place with it was like the only sort of office on a particular street, probably the same sign outside that there had been in two thousand and two, and he sort of poked his head in. And you could sense he was sort of getting a slight flashback here of, of oh god, this is this is exactly the same. He spoke to um, to a lady in the um, in the front and just said, "Look, is it okay? We just take some pictures here." And and um, and she said, "Yeah, yeah, okay." And then this guy came out, and he must have been, he's, I mean, I don't know, seventies, I would think. Um, Possibly older, I don't know. But he he came out and he just started talking to Matt as if as if he knew him, it, you know, it, in English. Matt sort of started just tried to sort of explain what we what we were there for, and and you know, I hope I hope it's okay if if, if you um if, if you if we take a picture. And and the guy says, oh, uh yeah, Jansen, foot footballer, um, Honda two fifty, um, which is just absolutely remarkable, um. And Matt's face just sort of dropped in absolute amazement. I whipped out my camera phone and and, and they had this sort of exchange where he said, "Yeah, yeah, I I, I had to, I had an accident." And he was and the guy was going, "Yeah, yeah, I know via via the and, and I can't remember which what the name of the street was, but he said, "Yeah, yeah, I I, I know, I know a taxi." Yeah, yeah. And Matt's saying, "You know, do, do you know where it was?" "Yeah, yeah, I take you, I take you." So this guy who um, had. Um, Matt and I hired the scooter from 17 years ago. Was suddenly walking us down the street to the to the site of the accident, and Matt was just like, "This is this is unbelievable." What 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 <laughs> he said? He said, "What if I owe him thousands and thousands of pounds?" I mean, uh, uh, the guy was just so matter of fact about it, as if, "Yeah, yeah, of course." So, you know, are, are you okay now? Are you still playing football? And He's saying no, no, no. Matt, Matt, Matt's saying no, no, no. I'm, I'm too old, and you know, Matt basically still looks like he's about 25. So I think the guy probably found that too hard to believe. But it's, um, but yeah, he, he took us to the um, to the scene, and and that is where we did 
sort of have the moment. <laughs> so this is Nicola Zalenga of Barberini Scooter. Let's give him his place. And yet he does lead you, you know, to the the junction you had been at. That was the that was the correct place to be. It was the same one, yeah. And it was um, what had happened um, was that the one-way system had been reversed since then. He said, you know, the guy's saying many years ago, and Matt's thinking, well, what, was it reversed because of this accident? Which is perfectly possible because looking at it now, where, where Matt was explaining, he was sort of coming across, and the angle is such that you can't really, you know, when there were cars parked all around the corner, you couldn't, you couldn't possibly have seen what was coming. So Matt's then describing, and again, I'm filming at this point, and you can you can find this on my uh, on my Facebook page actually. But the the, um, the 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 footage is of him saying, you know, yes, I was I was, you know, it was here. There was there were cars, but he, he can remember it perfect. He's got a remarkable memory of everything, but you know the the actual collision um and he, he's saying yeah yeah and i was i was just edging out edging out edging out and then bang and he's you know he's just saying and i must have ended up on the floor over there and lucy is then girlfriend now wife was tossed off the bike and she fortunately was okay but matt um well was far from okay i mean he he was using words like surreal and and then as we and then as we sat down for we had a bit of lunch uh, not long after that he was just saying it's just it was just a weird a weird experience to just stand at the at the scene and and be with the guy who um who had um uh, he got the scooter from and and who remembered him and and he offered him some money and the guy's no 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 he, he said your 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 brother uh it was fine. Um, as it, this is Matt discovering that his his brother-in-law actually had um, had cleaned up the mess years later, probably realizing you know, he has his brother-in-law a debt. Yeah, for, for the next sort of half hour, um, Matt was just on the phone to Lucy and on the phone to his brother-in-law and his and his father-in-law and his parents and and just saying, look, can you believe this happened? You know, this, this is you know we were at the scene and and this guy remembered and uh, and it was. It was very emotional to witness, but it was, I mean, you could, in certain situations, given everything that happened afterwards with Matt, it, it could have been, it would have been easy for it to, you know, to traumatize him. But, it, but it, 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 I think Matt felt really excited and thrilled, really, by the experience he had. I think anyone who reads the book will understand that Matt. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
has ended up on this sort of journey of uh, reckoning with what happened to him. And it makes perfect sense for me that that is an incredibly positive experience for him because that's what he wants. He wants maximum understanding of what of what happened and yeah that that makes perfect sense if we move if we move beyond the the trip which is the core of the piece and it's really brilliantly told to to the the elements of Matt's story that you choose to sort of put the magnifying glass on because it's quite a dense story you know the 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 ground that Matt covers in the book is beyond that covered by most football autobiographies I would say so in a piece, even with the extra room that you get with The Athletic, you do have to choose where you're going to focus. And it occurred to me that, that an element of the story that interested you was the time after his initial physical recovery where he's playing in the Premier League, sometimes playing very well and scoring very good goals. But that's not his version of, of that time is not the same as the version that Sam Allardyce, who was his manager for a while at Bolton, would, would tell you about, or the, the team at Blackburn that were monitoring his recovery. So can am I right? You know, were you kind of drawn to that um, part of the story? And if so, why? Because I think he was he clearly got to the point where he was he was, you know, past fit by the medical staff to to, to play and w- was picked to play for Blackburn. And occasionally, you know, he, I don't know how many games he started again for Blackburn after that, but sometimes, and I was, I was at some of these games as, as, a, as a reporter, sometimes, you, you know, he would do things and score goals where you'd think, oh, wow, he, he's back. And the headlines would be, oh, you know, Janssen, back to his best, he's over the draw. And then he, he would, you know, do a bit of media and, and he would, he, he says it himself, um, um, you know, he would come out and say all the right things. Well, you know, it's, it's it's a long process. I'm not I'm not quite there yet, but but you know, I'm slowly but surely I'm feeling the confidence. And he admits now, you know, it, it's the exact opposite to how he felt even at the time, even doing those interviews, even accepting the man of the match champagne, celebrating the goals. He said he just never ever felt the same again as a, as a footballer, apart from in these sort of brief, you know, split second moments where his old self, his old confidence would just take over over his mind. He says his brain by then, not just because of the physical injury, you know, the physical damage of the of the accident, but also because of the the emotional impact and the and the impact that it had on his on his confidence. I mean he he talks about he talks about I'm gonna to have to sorry consult my piece here but it's it's yeah he says that the well the, the doctor said the damage to the front lobe of his brain was felt to have uh, impaired his cognitive functioning, slight loss of intellectual imbil- abilities, particularly affecting processing speed. So he says that, you know, when a ball was passed to him in training, he would sometimes just feel, often, often feel as natural as it always had, you know, which is supremely natural in his case, to sort of turn and, and, and give and, and go for a run and, and uh, make a run and then, you know, control past you it was just all that was always an incredibly natural process for him and he says that in the aftermath of the accident that ceased to be a natural process for him so he would be past the ball and he would think right now i've got to i've got to put my um, foot here i've got to you know 
control with my insteps. I've then uh, instep. I've then got to turn. I've, I've then got to look for a teammate, and it just sounded like it was it was a completely different process for him after that. Apart from in these brief moments where some kind of adrenaline or or his old self would would take over. So I think what really he struggled to deal with was people constantly telling him after every good moment, "You're back." You're back, or you know, Matt Janssen's back. You know, he's back to his best. He'll be, you know, because he just didn't feel that. He he knew there was something, whether it was the the physical damage to the brain, or the sort of mental emotional side, or a combination of both. He felt he was nothing like able to to do that consistently, and. Added to that, he reached a stage where he was, you know, feeling anxious and needed to go on antidepressants for that anxiety. And he said he was just he was going going to training, coming home and and crying because he just felt you know nobody understands how I'm feeling. It, it's it's horrendous. Um, felt like his confidence had totally gone. Felt like felt like everybody was expecting to be be something he couldn't be. And he said he just felt exhausted by that, um, by the need to kind of put on a front um, at training every day and try to convince people he was okay. And then he'd come back and by the time he got home, he was just like ready to collapse in a, in a heap in tears. And it's just, you know, I mean, that's, those are all, I mean, I think we can, you know, we all know that his brain was was damaged in the in the accident. But those things he talks about seem like they are very clear symptoms of of anxiety or, or, or depression. And yet, at the time, you know, two thousand two, in a you know fairly old school setup at a at a football club, you know, he says there was no sort of real understanding of. Of how he was, how he was feeling. Everyone was saying, "Well, look, you know, the, the scans say you're okay. So come on, you know, put yourself together, get out there." And he was clearly depressed and really, really in a pretty dark place for for, for a long, long time. So I think that's such a compelling part of of the book and and, and of his story, where not uh, not only have you, I mean, you've got so many elements to the story. It's you know, it's it's the you know, kid from Carlisle who who kind of goes from being hesitant and shy and and so on into into this supremely confident footballer who goes Carlisle, Crystal Palace, Blackburn who you know four and a half million pound move had all you know all the the other bigger clubs were looking at him he was on the verge of the England squad then he has this accident which throws his career off completely i mean it just it sends his career into a completely different direction but you've also got the the mental health aspect, which I think a lot of people will read a book like that and th- you know understand mental health a lot better because he I think he explains it really really well. I mean, you just feel deeply deeply sorry for him. It's something that now I think we have a language for that didn't exist then, and he's already struggling, and yet he, and, he, and in addition to that, he doesn't have support or even an internal language that can make sense of, of what he's feeling. Um, it's, it's heavy stuff. You know, the book at times is, is a heavy read and, you know, you address almost, you know, the darkest elements of that in, in your piece. Um, just before we go, I wanted to alight on 
a lighter aspect of the piece. It was my first engagement with The Athletic. And finally, on the internet, I think I travelled back 10 years because there was a really lovely positive comment section i don't know if this is a i don't know if this is is this a result of of what happens when people are actually paid members of something that there is a feeling of you know collectivity and suddenly everybody's lovely to each other so people there's loads of comments and certainly for the first there's a four fifths of them you're engaging with with everybody who comments and it's a lovely look it felt like you know having done having done a hundred sort of book events where there's a Q&A afterwards it, that's what it felt like it felt like you had you'd written this thing and then everybody thought it was great and they were all telling you what they thought about it and what they thought about Matt and you were coming back at them and it was just absolutely wonderful I think there was one person that pointed out that forever is one word not two and that <laughs> that pedant aside you know, it was just, it was, it was truly uplifting. It's, I mean, I, I feel like when I'm trying to explain um, the athletic model and everything about it to people who aren't fully paid up subscribers, and this includes ju- to um, other journalists, etc. It's, it, it does feel like, it does feel like it's, it, you know, everybody appreciates, um, you know, good good journalism more behind that i don't want to say paywall but but one once you've paid the very small admission charge it does feel like a, a lot warmer and more appreciative of of um at the athletic and it, it seems you know people are saying oh thank you for thank you for doing this piece it's you know really praising praising the piece praising the interviewee praising the interviewer um and it's yeah it does seem it does seem um, i don't know it, it is it is different isn't it That's all for this episode of Between the Lines. Thanks a lot to Ollie Kay for speaking to me. His excellent piece on Matt Janssen is still available at The Athletic if you're a subscriber. Matt's autobiography is also out. It's called What Was, What Is and What Might Have Been. We'll have more episodes coming soon. In the meantime, you can follow us at Backpage Press on Twitter. I'm at Neil Backpage. Thank you very much for listening. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.